Welcome to another episode of the Redeemed Man Podcast. The goal of the Redeemed is to provide a supportive community where all men can open up about challenges, worries, and failures, and celebrate their triumphs over those struggles. We hope you find this episode informative, relevant, and most of all, inspiring. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Nathan Dewey, and welcome to another episode of the Redeemed Man Podcast. I'm beyond excited today about the guest that we have, Herman Avi. He's with us, and he's going to share a little bit of his story. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about who he is. He's a husband, father, grandfather, um, and he's embarking on his 25th year of ministry. Uh, He's served in business for 38 years, graduated from Columbus High School, and went on to Mercer University. Uh, spent 35 years away from Columbus, but the Lord has brought him back to Columbus, Georgia, and he has been serving with, right from the start, a local nonprofit organization leading their fatherhood initiative. And um, one of the things that I know just in conversation with Herman is that he is a, a genuine follower of Christ. Uh, he is an evangelist, always sharing his faith, uh, a preacher, Bible teacher, uh, he speaks at different events, and he's unashamedly an ambassador for Christ. Amen. And uh, we are so glad to have you on the show today. Welcome. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Well, I want to start out, as we often do, with some rapid questions, uh, just so our audience gets <laughs> to know a little bit about you. Sounds good. Uh, and first off, I'd like to know, who is the man who's influenced your life the most? That would be my dad. My dad, um, he's no longer with us, but... He was a man of great character. He had his own grocery business uh, in Phoenix City, Alabama. And so me and my siblings grew up in the grocery business. So you stocked Uh, some shelves? Stocked some shelves, (laughs) some coolers. (laughs) I did everything he asked me to do and then some. But I learned more about how to successfully interact with people, how to treat customers. And in ministry, everyone is my customer. That's right. And so he taught me um, the Word of God, of course, because he was a believer. His grand, my grandfather, his father was a pastor. And so um, he, he became my best friend before he passed away uh, as an adult man myself. And uh, I just cherished my time with him, and I have fond memories of being with him. What's one of your favorite memories with your dad? Well, when I was a youngster, around seven years old, the first opportunity I had to actually go to the business with him was cherished. He had an old green pickup truck. And I still remember in my mind's eye being able to sit in that truck for the first time on a Saturday morning and go with him and and just interact and see what he does, how he does it. And uh, that that was a a cherished moment because I kept asking, can I go this week? Can I go this week? (laughs) And when he finally said yes, it was a big deal for me. And uh, I had many more opportunities to join him and make a difference in the lives of people by serving groceries and meats and things of that nature. So I really enjoyed uh, hanging out with him. Well, I'm sure we'll get into more about that and how that plays into even what you do today. Yes. Um, What's one thing that uh, people would never guess about you? Well, people would probably never figure out. I played trumpet for over 20 years. And I played violin for several years also, and baritone in all-state band. Okay. So I've got some musical background in my history, and I love music even today. Um, Primarily what I listen to today is praise and worship. Mm -hmm. But I do love sometimes to take me back to the 70s or the 80s or the 90s 
but uh, I really enjoy music and uh, particularly worship music. Awesome. Well, my son played trumpet, so I I, I find an interest in that. Yes. Did you uh, play the jazz? Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> I figured so. With the trumpet. I still listen to, to jazz as well, but uh, love music. And what do you enjoy doing in your free time? Well, I really enjoy spending time with my family. I'm blessed to have three daughters, some son-in-laws, some grandkids, a wife, etc. Spending time with them. Uh, I also enjoy shooting billiards, shooting pool. When I was at Mercer, I, I was a equipment manager in the game room. Okay, and so uh, it was <laughs> well, I bet all. You it was some great uh, skill there. Well, yeah, but it's gotten rusty over the years. <laughs> uh, but I, I still enjoy the game, and I enjoy bowling and things of that nature. I'm a big time sports fan as well, so roll tide and oh, and go Cowboys, go well, Cowboys. I'll agree so. with you on the Cowboys. We had a great <laughs> night last night. Yeah, I know we we'll, this will yeah, be we in did. January, but uh, we're recording this in December, and uh, we had we had a good night last yes, night we against did. the Eagles. Yes, we did. So I, I I'll agree with you on the Cowboys <laughs> side. On the other side, it's War Eagle for me. But, that's okay. But that's because okay. I graduated from Auburn. So no problem at all. I won't of, hold it against you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you mentioned your dad, and I'd love to hear more about your childhood, what yeah. it was like growing up here in this community. Yes. Uh, what are some of the things that shape you from your early childhood? Yeah. I'm one of five kids, and we're all basically a year apart. Oh, wow. So mom had us in about five and a half years. And so my brother has gone on to be with the Lord. He was the oldest of the five of us. Mm-hmm. I'm number four in okay. the bunch. So I've got two sisters in front of me and one sister behind me. Uh, we all live in Georgia now since I've come back. (laughs) Um, But in terms of that, I was premature in my birth. Mm. That brought a lot of health concerns to my life early on as well. And the doctors weren't always full of hope relative Mm. to my life. Mm. And so that brought some concern to mom and dad as well. And and I remember my mom and her testimony telling me about an interaction she had with her mother. They have the same name and, and her mother was a dear friend of mine in addition to being my grandmother. Mm-hmm. But she she said to me, she said, I, I told mom that uh, I didn't think you were going to make it because I was four pounds and I had a lot of complications. And I went to three pounds. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother said to her, I thought you were a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. And that response triggered her life for the rest of her life. She asked God to let me live and that she would dedicate her life and mine to him for the rest of her days. And she has. She's currently uh, in hospice care, but we get to do Bible study throughout the weeks. Oh, wow. And uh, it's just a sweet, sweet time for her and I to come together and study the Word of God and pray together and just see what God does uh, at this juncture of both of our lives, um, remembering how we got started. Hmm. And so it's just been a joy from that perspective. My sisters and I are very close as well, and and I'm just grateful for each of them also in terms of that. So. How old is your mom now, if you don't mind me asking? The real question is, does she mind me? <laughs> <laughs> mom is 85. 85. And uh, in her right mind and still hmm. you know, understands who we are and all of that stuff. So she's not in any pain. She's just at bed rest. Yeah. And uh, the nurses take good care of her. My sisters take good care of her. And when I come, I take good hmm. care of her. So she's well taken care of. And uh, she loves the Word of God. What's your favorite thing to talk about from Scripture? 
Well, we go all over. We've studied four books together. We've been doing this since I got back here recently, and uh, we study four books. And I, I believe in verse by verse mm-hmm. study, expository study. Yeah. And so, um, we've done First and Second Kings. We've done New Testament. We go back to Psalms and do Psalms. We do Proverbs. But <clears throat> where I'm taking her now is just through the Book of Acts, and we're just enjoying the Book of Acts and uh, the early church and. And uh, what God did through believers way back then. So, what special memories? I mean, I yeah. to be able to be a part of your mom's life now, and yeah. even reflect back on the pivotal role she played in your childhood and yes. your development, and then now being able to be there with her in these days. Yes, and, man, what what a powerful uh, testimony of generational. You know, sharing, you know, passing down your faith, making yes. that difference in the next generation. Yes. You talked about your grandmother and your mom. You mentioned the difficulties in being born premature. What was there anything that came from as you were growing up as a kid that still impacted you from being born premature? Well, my muscles were not fully developed, and they still aren't, and so they're very, very tight in, in my legs. And so I have to be mindful of what I do, how long I do it, where I go, how I walk, etc. Yeah, but it hasn't precluded me from living a full life, and that's the joy of the Lord, is that. Barriers are only barriers if you believe they're barriers. <laughs> okay, that's a good word. That's because a good word uh, there. because God is He's helped me to overcome so many things, and I'm not a complainer. Yeah. I, I early early on in my life, I said to the Lord, "I'm yours," and I talk to Him like I'm talking to you. And uh, He has been with me through the ups and downs and challenges of life, and so I don't uh, complain a lot. I may be in discomfort. Yeah. But that's between me and the Lord. Yeah, and so we handle it. We handle our business, and we keep moving. Well, you mentioned your early on in life, giving your life to the Lord. Yes. Uh, how did that happen? Was that due to influence your family? Was it a church service? How? Did, what was? What was your encounter yes. with Christ like? Absolutely. Um, nine and a half years of age, March thirtieth, nineteen seventy-two, Friday night revival service local Baptist church that my grandfather was once pastor okay. of. Uh, that church is still around today, by the way. And uh, I gave my life to Christ that Friday and was baptized April 2nd, 1972. And that's important because that was my older brother's birthday. <laughs> it was also Easter Sunday. Though. I was fixing to say, it's probably Easter, <laughs> April 2nd. And so uh, Easter Sunday morning, early, early in the morning, uh, I was able to be baptized on April 2nd, 1972. And it's been a journey ever since. Uh, don't regret any any of it at all. Been lots of ups and downs and opportunities for God to sharpen me up a little bit. But uh, I tell anybody, man, that the best thing you could do is give your life to Christ and let him shape you more to be like himself. And uh, it's been a wonderful journey. Uh, like I said, full of ups and downs primarily because of me yeah. and uh, my decision-making sometimes. But God is faithful according to First John 1, 9. So. Yeah. But it's it's been a sweet journey, man. That's uh, such a powerful testimony of coming to know the Lord, and yeah. again, generations. There's yes. a grandfather hit yes. the church, and and the influence on your family on you, yes. um, and I think that again plays so much into what you do today. It does. But uh, we ask this to every guest on our show, and um, and I think you know there there's theology to what does redemption mean, but there's also 
personal because right. everybody has that right. redemption in their life that they've experienced, that it's not just something they know in their head, but right. they've experienced in their life. Amen. So what does redemption mean to you? Well, first of all, it means that I'm free because Christ did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Amen. He saved me from the pit of hell, from separation with God the Father, and from heaven. And he redeemed me from death and the grave. And so for me, redemption is about new life, new beginning, and then the opportunity to know that I know that I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And no matter what happens in my life, that's my rock, is that I have been redeemed and no one can change or take that from me. I tell people all the time, it's one thing to know Jesus. It's another thing to be known by Jesus. Yes. And because of redemption, I'm known by Jesus and by God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, man. Like what, a, what a wonderful answer to that. Um, I'm blown away by your commitment to Christ. Uh, I've only been able to be around you two or three times, right. and yet every single time your language your demeanor, everything about you just um, expresses your faith, lets others see that peace that you have in your life, that joy that you have in your life. Uh, And so I just, you know, if you don't know Herman personally, you need to get to know him. You need to spend some time (laughs) around him and just experience the joy, experience the way you talk about God's word, experience how you talk about the relationship. And I just hope that people see that as in our conversation, because that's one of the things that really was so encouraging. Um, had a lunch with you on nice. our first uh, encounter and just was, it was one of those where there's certain people you just sit down with and you immediately know, man, they, this, the spirit within us testifies That's right. that you're a believer and Amen. That your Amen. life is about pursuing Christ and living for Christ. I know though, life has a way of sometimes um, throwing some things at us. We yes. aren't quite prepared for Yes. The enemy loves to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. <laughs> and especially if we're being effective. Amen. So, what are some of those things in your life as you left Columbus? Mm-hmm. Uh, you had successful business career, but what are some challenges that you faced along the way? Uh, there have been quite a few of those. Um, number one is um, when I was married at a young age. I was also homeless and married wow. with a child. And another one on the way at a young age. And what how that came about is I, my company downsized my position. Yeah. And it really wasn't about being downsized. It was about what was God telling me. Right. And at the time, I lived in Atlanta. And uh, God was telling me to leave Atlanta. And I'm like, Lord, this is home. <laughs> Why would I ever want to leave home? What God reminded me is I'm just a sojourner passing through. Mm-hmm. That home is heaven. Yeah. And anytime he tells me to move, I need to move. And so what came about is a gentleman in our church in Atlanta took us in, he and his wife. For six months, we stayed in their basement. Mm-hmm. And I had a job, and uh, he came to me one day with a deacon of the church. He says, okay, you've got to leave. He says, it's just time to go. And I had to relocate to the Pennsylvania area, ended up in Baltimore. That job I had in Atlanta, I went to the site director, and I said, uh, I've got to relocate to 
Pennsylvania, Baltimore. Would it be okay if you transferred my position to Baltimore? They did. Hmm. And God, when I moved, he moved. Yeah. Everything opened up. Once I left Atlanta yeah. out of obedience, yeah. everything opened up to me. Opportunity hmm. in the workplace, opportunities abounded. And I grew very quickly yeah, from that point on. So much so I was in Baltimore for a number of years. Then I ended up out west for the majority of raising my kids. I had two kids born in Baltimore, one kid born in Atlanta. While they were all tenderly young, I took them west. And we grew up out in the west. And uh, and so it's just about obedience. God is patient, but God doesn't change his mind. And when he wanted me to leave, it was so that he could work on me. Yeah. yeah. And. I realized that eventually, but I was stubborn at first. <laughs> and so the lesson for me is to be tenderhearted and hear the voice of God and obey the voice of God. I'm also a person that's gone through a divorce. And that hurt my heart deeply, but it hurt God's heart as well. Yeah. And uh, what he showed me in that is that he is with me and with my family members, even through a difficult time. Yeah. And uh, he healed broken hearts, and then he restored. And the Bible says he makes beauty out of ashes. Amen to that. And I'm an example of that. He took me out of the miry clay and uh, made me stronger, better, faster, like the six-billion-dollar man. Yeah. And uh, I got to be honest, though, I was mad at him for a while because of the hurt. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, Lord, I don't want nothing to do with you again. I don't want to preach. I don't want to teach. I don't want to do nothing. Just leave me alone. <laughs> and God is God. My pity party did not matter to him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, long story short, he picked me up. He dusted me off, told me he loved me, and he had a plan for me. And uh, eventually, he told me to come back to, to Columbus, eventually. Yeah. And to me, Columbus is like Nineveh. It's like, okay, Lord, I know you love those people, but really? <laughs> and uh, out of obedience, I said yes to the Lord, and uh, I'm back here today. I came back in 2014 to Atlanta, and because of success in a job there, they asked me to open up a market here in Columbus, and this is where I met my current wife of almost seven years, and we're happily married and doing well, and my kids are well, and my grandkids are well, and God is a restorer, man. He's yes. a restorer. Amen so to that. I I'm, cannot I'm grateful. agree more. And uh, the last thing I'll share with you is when I was in Atlanta as well, God had asked me to share my faith with a gentleman. I, I was a route salesperson. I drove a truck around the grocery stores and mm -hmm. stock shelves, and, and he said, share your faith with this guy on the dock. And I said, Lord, I can't do that. He might be offended. And by the time I got loaded into my vehicle to pull out of the dock, I was in tears because I realized I had hurt the heart of God. And it made such an impact on me. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me and give me another chance. And then I went to Scripture, and I found 2 Timothy 1.7. And it says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. And I said, Lord, I want boldness to never again be ashamed to own you before men. And I prayed that passage for a whole year every day. I said, I'm not going to stop until you give me boldness. And God eventually gave me boldness, and then he tested me on the fact that I had it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I just, he's so faithful to me. I'm just trying to be faithful to him. 
I think about when you talked about the obedience and how God showed you so much when you took that step. I think there's a lot of men who first off wonder how to know what God wants. And then second of all, how do you take that step and continue to keep that heart tender? Can you speak a little bit of, to, to the guy who feels like, hey, I, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. And then on top of that, I don't know how to take those steps of faith that seem um, uncertain because God has a way of really um, stretching us with that. And I think yes. you'll probably speak a little bit to that. But can you talk to um, that gentleman who maybe feels that? Yeah. What I have found in terms of hearing from God is about being intentional. So my intimate time with the Lord is very, very, very important. Yeah. And so I set aside early in the morning, in the afternoon, in the nighttime for that to occur. I believe in intentionality. I believe that God has to be my first love yeah. in order to, to walk out this journey. Yeah. Uh, he knows when he is my first love, and he knows when he's not. <laughs> and he'll tell me. Hey, I missed my time with you today, you know? And uh, because of that relationship over time, because of the intimacy that we now have, he makes it very clear to me when I open the scriptures what he wants me to gain from the scriptures just for today. Mm -hmm. Because he says, don't worry for tomorrow because tomorrow takes care of itself. And so the first thing I would say to any man is set aside some time, just you and God. Not you, your wife, and God, just you and God. And just say, Lord, I'm giving you the first fruits of my time and Mm -hmm. my life. And from that point on, that could be 10 minutes a day, grow into 15 minutes a day, grow into 20 minutes a day. Whatever it is, just give it to God. The other thing I would say is be still before the Lord. I don't come to God with a bunch of prayer requests. (laughs) I come to God as a vessel needing to be filled. And I just say, Lord, fill me today with wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment, so that I know and I obey what your will is. And so it's not about the prayer request. It's about hearing his voice, not just allowing him to hear my voice. (laughs) He knows my knees even before I speak them. So the silence is something you got to get accustomed to with God. But in that silence, he will speak. And sometimes it's through the Word of God, and sometimes the Holy Spirit will reflect on something that has already been shared to me. But He will speak, and just be still and know that He is God. And so I love the quiet time, because I say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I just be quiet, particularly if I'm preparing a message or a sermon or something. I'm just, Lord, what do you have for your people, this group? What do you have for them? Speak. And He has never failed me in speaking. The other thing I would say to anyone is, in terms of taking the steps, the Holy Spirit will prompt you. We're not in this journey by ourselves. He will prompt me to say, go left, go right, keep straight, whatever the case may be. But the key to that is the intimacy. Because of the intimacy, he knows he can trust me to hear his voice and to obey his voice. Mm -hmm. So it takes time to build a relationship, and I'm still working on it, I promise you. I've got a ways to go. But in the, at the end of the day, I'm not the guy I used to be yeah. because of the, the grace, because of, the grace of God. Complete. And uh, just be mindful of the fact that he won't leave you alone. If you really love him, you got to spend time with him 
And if you really love him, he'll know it and he'll speak to you. He'll guide you. He'll comfort you. He'll help you. Because there's been many a times I just cry out to God, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And uh, I just, I know he hears me. I know he answers. You mentioned that daily time of the Lord. Um, I would love to hear what verse or what passage you're reflecting on right now, uh, kind of what God's stirring in your heart. Because I know, you know, again, that relationship, there's times where you really feel like God is going, all right, this is where I want you to focus <laughs> right now. Uh, and then I would like for you to tell just, um, you know, you don't have to go into details to honor the people, but you even coming in today had the opportunity to talk about sharing your faith. Yes. And I think um, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about how you do that on a daily basis, because sure. I think there's a lot of people who um, the culture has frightened people. Yes. But I think there's plenty of opportunities today. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about how you share your faith day to day. Sure. Um, first of all, in terms of verses on my heart, Second Chronicles 7, 14 is on my heart. I have a burden for the church. Yeah. Because as I have come back to Columbus, one of the reasons I call it Nineveh is because it is so religious. Yeah. <laughs> And Jesus is about relationship. Yeah. And so Second Chronicles 7, 14 is about the healing of the land. Yes. But God gives us four requirements right. before he will hear from us yes. and, and heal the land, forgive our sin. And so the, the church is on my heart heavy. I want God's church to be God's church. And uh, some of my work that I do day to day allows me to go into churches. And so... Second um, Chronicles seven fourteen is very important to me in my life at this juncture, and then <clears throat> beyond that as well, John three sixteen. I can't ever forget the love that God has for me, and uh, I'm just so grateful because a lot of people would say, "Well, you've got all these challenges." I don't have challenges. I have a full and joyful life, and uh, it's because of the love of God. Yeah. Um, we as Christians are called to be peculiar, to be different. And the only way to do that is to remember that love. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus did for me, I'll never be able to repay. Right. But I can strive to do that with obedience. And so I'm just very grateful for that as well. But my burden is for the church. And then Hosea 4, 6 is also heavy on my heart as I do the work that I'm doing. And that talks about my people perishing for lack of knowledge. Yeah. Um, but it comes back to leadership, if you really study that context of that verse. And I believe that one of the biggest needs of the church today is to educate the people sitting in the pews about what does it mean to be a Christ follower, a disciple. Yeah. And so I'm excited about the work that God has called me to because it allows me to pour truth into people and to see the Holy Spirit do the work. I, one of the things is you were sharing those verses, the I, I had a long question. I apologize. Oh, you're fine. I'm notorious about that. You're good. But the second part really was about your own, how you share your faith. Yeah. How do you do that day to day? Um, because I think there's a lot of people who feel intimidated by that sure. or that it would be awkward. Uh, and I think it it's not near as awkward as most people feel like it's going to be. But right. how do you do that? Well, it goes back to the example I shared about the young man on the dock, right? And so I had to search the scriptures and find a solution that would give me what I needed to no longer be ashamed of the gospel. But for me, it, uh, it came down also, God has given me, there's a, 
many years ago, there was some information called Share Jesus Without Fear. Yes. And it's basically how do you have a conversation with a non-believer? And so I memorized that because I flew a lot at the time, and there was always somebody sitting next to me. And I said, okay, Lord, who are you going to put next to me? And every time I start up a conversation, the first thing they say is, what do you do? (laughs) You know, and uh, you start up a conversation, let the Holy Spirit take it where he takes it. But um, when you understand and you're equipped for the conversation, God will put you in a position to use what he's given you. And so— over time, he just used me time and time again to share, whether I'm in a boardroom, a board meeting, it doesn't matter. I always tell people, I live for Christ, and if necessary, I use words. And so when you live for Christ, you don't always have to say a thing. People just know you're different. Right. And that's what I strive to do. I'm not perfect at it, but that's what I strive to do. And God knows my heart. So, again, when I make a mistake, First John 1, 9, it's always there for me. I, I I use it because it's there, and I believe it. But uh, at the end of the day, if we don't tell the truth about Jesus, who will? And people are dying and going to hell every day, and that hurts my heart. It also hurts the heart of God because he has put us here and said, great commission, great commandment. Those are the only two things I left for you to do. Do them well. And so uh, I take God at his word. And I try to live by his word. And so even if I have to be persecuted for my faith, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I also tell when I'm speaking, I always, uh, not always, but sometimes I let folks know, I didn't begin to li- live until I became unafraid to die. Hmm. And the freedom that God gave me in that is that now I'm living free. Yeah. Man cannot do anything to me that God doesn't allow. And so when the Holy Spirit says, speak, Lord, give me the words. Yeah. Use me. And it's that boldness, again, that God has given me, but it's also being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice and being willing to be obedient. And uh, he'll give you opportunities day after day after day. And every day I pray for at least one person. And I've been doing that for over 20 years. Give me one person to share you with. And every day he's come through with answering that prayer. I think one of the things that I see in that, too, is the heart of surrender that you're surrendered to whatever God wants for that day. And then on top of that heart of surrender is really asking God to give you that heart for evangelism. Yes, I think even in uh, scripture, Paul talks to Timothy about that. And then, you know, he's a pastor, but mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't forget the work of That's evangelism right. That's and right. how each of us can get busy doing good things, but we have to really seek and put that as a primary part of our life to yes. be an evangelist because yes. that may not be our gifting right. but it should be a priority <laughs> we, we should all have a story to tell yes if you're a believer you should have a story in season out of season Amen. ready to share Amen. <laughs> um, this, um, just thank you for sharing that and yeah. i hope that encourages um somebody that's listening today about sharing their faith and yes. it, it really is in conversation and can if you I, love people well yeah it can, shows. I, can i also say persecution is going to come yeah but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So persecution Amen. is a part of it. Yeah. Because God told me that persecution was going to yeah. be a part of it. Yeah. But if the Holy Spirit prompts you, you must decide who's your daddy. Yeah. And my daddy is God, capital G. Yeah. So good. That's good. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the ministry that you're involved with, what you're doing here locally. Um, first off, right from the start, yes. I want to know a little bit more about the ministry, how that got started, and what all is taking place through right from the start. 
Yes, right from the start is a local nonprofit, and the focus is relationships. So the focus is about helping individuals understand, realize, and appreciate healthy relationships so that marriages and families can be healthy. And it really comes down to individual mentoring, individual discipling, individuals coming together. Now, we teach both group as well as individual, Um, mostly group, uh, just because of how God is orchestrating things in our lives today. But the entire context is healthy families, healthy marriages, and helping individuals, because it's really about the individual making the change that will impact their marriage or their family. And so uh, we have a great team, uh, and all of us are committed to uh, allowing God to use us wherever he sends us uh, with the material that he's given us to share. So there are a number of classes that we offer. Uh, and my work specifically, even though I do assist in those other areas, right. has to do with fatherhood and fatherlessness. And so uh, I leave the fatherhood initiative on behalf of right from the start And that's really about how do we address this issue, this elephant in the room called fatherlessness. And what people don't realize is that the impact of fatherlessness is Mm far-reaching. You talk about drug abuse. You talk about gang activity. You talk about divorce. You talk about prison. You talk about abortion. Whatever the issue is, the root cause of that is often fatherlessness. And so God has told me in the work that I've done, the first thing I did, I've been in this role a couple of years. First thing I did is sit down with organizations and individuals who are touching dads and families in our community. And I just basically said, tell me about yourself and what you do, how you do it, and how you measure success, and basically just listened. Mm-hmm. And when I boiled it all down after quite a few conversations, God pointed to two things. He said, now I'm going to tell you, what to take away from all of this. He said, primarily, I am absent from the solutions that are going on. So there is no God in the solution for the majority of who I spoke with. The other thing he said is, men are not stepping up to be mentors to young boys and young men who need mentors. He said, that's where you need to focus. And so I said, okay, Lord, how do you want me to focus? What do you want me to do next? And so He's allowed me to put together a plan, and uh, I have aligned myself with four different nonprofits in town who mentor people, young and old. And uh, we've been blessed over, since July, we've been blessed to place 45 individuals within those four nonprofits who are now uh, connecting and getting trained Mm -hmm. to mentor. And those folks all came from churches. Uh, I've been been in 12 churches since July that have allowed me to make an appeal, allowed me to share statistics and give an understanding of the problem. And then at the end of my appeal, I say, who wants to be involved? Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk a lot about the the, uh, Samaritan. Because at the end of the day, the Samaritan was not focused on the man in the ditch in terms of color, race, economics, uh, politics. He just saw a need. That's right. And he addressed the need. And we are called to be Samaritans the good Samaritan, that's Jesus Christ. And so we're called to be like him. And so out of the churches, we've had 45 individuals raise their hand and say, I want to help. And that's been very impactful to those four organizations that I'm aligned with. Now we're turning the page to 2024. 
and it's even more exciting. I've heard some exciting things. Um, You've already teased a little bit yeah, for me, so yeah. I'd love for you to share what you can with our audience. Sure. Uh, in 2024, we're going to be launching the next phase of this work, and it's going to be called Manhood Columbus. And it's really about reaching the 8- to 18-year-old young man and boy with an understanding of training them up to live a Christ-centered life. Now, we're going to offer other trainings as well because all men need some level of training. But if you're going to stop the cycle of fatherlessness, you have to start with those who are younger before they get into the cycle. And that's what God has told me to do is reach back to those who are 8 to 18, but also we're going to have quite a bit available for other men as well because when you raise up godly men, godly families, and godly marriages come out of that. That's right. And so we're excited for what God is going to do in 2024 moving forward. We're putting all the details together, and we should launch early in 2024, Manhood Columbus. The tagline is, what does God require of you? And it's based on Micah 6.8. You know? and, and when you understand that, it's really about living just, loving the Lord and serving others. And and we're committed to that at right from the start. We're committed to that with this initiative. I'm excited to see what God is going to do, uh, not only with young men and, and young boys, but with men and with the church. Yeah. I'm asking God to give me more opportunities with the local churches to come in and make the appeals uh, as well um, so that uh, if the church is not a part of the solution, we're in trouble. The church must be a part of the solution that God wants to bring to Columbus. And so uh, I'm thankful for every pastor who allows me to come and share for five minutes or so and then be able to sign people up after service uh, to be a part of uh, the solutions. So we're excited. Let's say somebody's listening and they, they their heart just resonates with what you're talking about. <clears throat> and they want to be a part of helping with that here in our area. Yes. What can they do? You can go to our website, rightfromthestart.org. Okay. You'll see an uh, opportunity to call us directly, email us directly, however you want to reach us. You can reach us. And uh, what will happen is we'll get back in touch with you in a very short period of time and uh, hear from you, talk it out, and see what God would have us to do moving forward. But the beginning stages is to really reach out via the website, rightfromthestart.org. Okay. Well, I would encourage anybody who's listening that you feel like that is something that needs to happen here in our local community and you want to be a part of it to to reach out to, to right from the start, get plugged in, but most importantly, pray. Pray uh, yes. for the organization, pray for Herman, pray yes. for the men who are being trained as mentors, uh, pray for this new initiative, yes. uh, Manhood Columbus, and um, just look for opportunities to serve. One of the things I've it's like you said that act justly, love mercy, yes. uh, walk humbly with yes. God. You know, we we get to serve and live out our faith. And yes. if we live out our faith, there are so many opportunities for us to be able to give back to our community. Amen. And I would say to not get distracted with things that are lesser important. That's right. The enemy likes to keep us busy. Amen. And he's good at it. That aren't necessarily <laughs> making any difference. He's good at yes, it. Yes, he is. Yeah. So. How did how did you get involved with the organization, and then yeah. how does that your own story about how much your dad made a difference? How does that inform the way you serve with Right from the Start? Sure. Uh, my wife, uh, I call her the Mayor Pro Tem of Columbus because she knows so many people. But, <laughs> but uh, 
at the church where we serve, the executive director right from the start also worships there. Okay. And she and my wife are two peas in a pod. <laughs> I run the other direction when they get together. But uh, anyway, uh, the executive director approached my wife and through my wife approached me and asked me to be in prayer because God had laid her, my name on her yeah. heart uh, for this particular role. And uh, as I prayed about it as well, I just felt God saying, yes, this is something I want you involved in. And so I, I uh, interviewed and, and the rest, as we say, it's history. But uh, it, it's really about God's plan. And God has a plan of redemption yes. for Amen. Columbus, Georgia. Amen. I truly believe that. And uh, I'm excited to be a part of that plan. You know, Dr. Henry Blackaby some years ago wrote a book called Experiencing yes. God. And he talks about seeing where God is at work and joining him in that Join work. Uh, I'm just joining God in this work. This is a God-sized work, and uh, I'm just excited to be a part of it. As it relates to how my father impacted me, uh, everything he ever taught me was about being a servant. Everything I ever saw from him was serving others. And so uh, my whole life is really about serving others. And I had to get to that place. I haven't always been this way. Um, uh, I've, I've had other areas of my life where I had to give it over to God over time, you know. And uh, God was patient enough with me to say, okay, now go ahead. I need, <laughs> I need to have that, okay? But, uh, but my dad really taught us all what it means to be a servant and what it means to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so um, I, I just thank God for him. Uh, I, I believe in family. Uh, yeah, I believe in uh, what God has ordained in his word. Uh, every word is true. Yeah. And so, but my dad exampled it. And I saw it up front and personal, and uh, I just, uh, I, I miss him, um, I, but I cherish the memories. Uh, he's still making an impact in my life, and therefore in the life of my kids and grandkids. And in the ministry that you're and involved in. Ministry. I mean, that, yes. the heart for helping guys have a father figure in their yes. life to make a difference yes. and the difference that your father played in your own life. Yes, even well, in how I raised my girls. Yeah, yeah for sure. What a legacy. Yeah. What a legacy. Yeah. Well. I appreciate what you're doing here in our community. I'm so thankful for it. Thank you. Thankful for um, other ministries in the Columbus area that yes. are helping men be the men that they need to be. Yes, sir. And helping young men step into the role of being a father, yes. being a husband, yes. a healthy husband, a yes. healthy father. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you so much for yes. what you're doing. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I know we're going to have the link on there. Click on that link and make sure you connect with this organization. Uh, find out how you can support what's happening Thank here you. in our community. Be praying for them. Thank you so much for taking time to share not only about your ministry, but about what God's done in your life personally. I look forward to what uh, God is going to continue to do and uh, the stories that are going to come from this Manhood Columbus Initiative. It's going to be powerful. To God be the glory. Thank to you. God be the glory. If you have enjoyed this episode, please uh, leave us a rating or review. It's always helpful in helping us get the word out. And we are so thankful for you, our community, and for just taking a listen uh, to the podcast and supporting us. If you're looking for a group or uh, a way to get connected, please check out our website, theredeem.com, to find your way to get plugged in with the community of faith so that you are part of a men's group who is supporting you, making sure that you're healthy, encouraged. If there's anything we can do, reach out to us and let us know. God bless. 
We want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Redeemed Man podcast. We hope you come away with this episode feeling energized and better equipped to face life's challenges. Looking for a way to grow in your faith? Sign up for one of our free devotional emails. Above all, we hope you remember that no matter how broken you feel, God's love is for everyone and hope is within reach.